Welcome to Blue Roads Education Group. I'm Patty Talbot. At Blue Roads, we capitalize on the strengths of local communities by engaging tradition with diversity and opportunity. We encourage innovation across sectors and work with leaders to cultivate homegrown changemakers for a better world. I'm excited to share another episode in our Changemaker interview series that uses the questions embodied in our slogan, Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World, to guide our conversation. In this way, we can learn how changemakers engage their roots and family origins, as well as opportunities to engage with individuals different from themselves to seek creative approaches to the world's most challenging issues. We hope you will enjoy this opportunity to listen, learn, and change with us. So, welcome everyone. I'm here today with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Brad Bazell, who is Program Area Leader of Educational Leadership at Radford University, not too far from where I live here in Blacksburg, and he lives here in Blacksburg. And I've had the great privilege and honor of working beside him as a principal in our local school division and then as a colleague at Radford. And he's an awesome human being, as you will see as you listen to him today. I grew up in what I felt like and still feel like to an extent. It was a fairly typical manner for a a middle-class baby boomer born in 1960. I was the fourth of four children uh, in my family. Dad was a teacher and school administrator. My mother was a homemaker. I had two sets of grandparents that lived close by that, that I saw frequently. Education was something that was always highly valued in my family. Even though my grandparents did not have a lot of education, they valued education a great deal. And both my my mom and my dad were the first in their families to go to college. When it came to to us as children, there was simply an assumption that we would go to college. There, There was never a question about whether or not we would go to college. It's you finished high school and you went on to college. We valued education because just in and of itself, we also uh, valued education as a means to an end. I had two sisters who, who like my dad, teacher, they became teachers. My brother went a different route. I initially went to college and got a business degree, but eventually came back to being a, a teacher. So when I think about this notion of change maker, education is all about change. And I, I think when you accept career in education, you by default must accept the role of change. The first thing, of course, that that comes to mind, which is kind of the center of my life, is my son. You know of, if if you don't know him personally, my son, Eric, who will be 30 years old in June, who is an amazing human being, who who brings joy to my life every day. He he is a young man who loves to, to read. He loves YouTube videos. He loves bike rides. He loves being in a car. There are so many things that he loves. He also is someone who experiences life with a fairly significant disability. Eric does not talk verbally. He requires pretty high level of support for personal care types of things. Eric was born three months early. He was an identical twin. His brother, Will, the two of them were born three months early and combined weighed less than four pounds. They spent uh, six months in the hospital before they came home the first time. They received the dubious distinction of becoming the oldest children in the neonatal intensive care unit. And I say dubious because the oldest children often never go home. 
they typically die in the neonatal intensive care unit. But they came home. We were so thrilled when that happened. Three months later, we we lost Will. He died. But Eric, again, has health issues and some disabilities. He has changed my perspective on, on everything. Will and his death changed my perspective on everything. It made me a better teacher. It made me a better husband. It made me a better father to have experienced all of that. I was fortunate as a teacher. I started teaching in the late 80s. In the mid-90s, they changed the the special education law for public school. And they were trying to get students out of segregated settings into inclusive settings with their typically developing peers. And part of that change in the law required that general education teachers be a part of IEP teams. And I wound up being kind of the de facto general ed teacher uh, on IEP teams in my high school because there were a lot of students with disabilities who were in my program. I was taught in a vocational program and, and had a lot of those students in there. Having Eric as my son and seeing the world of disability in education from a parental standpoint, from a teacher standpoint, and then from a principal standpoint, and watching the evolution of inclusive practices grow has been a big part of my career professionally. When I think about teaching, think about education and why I wanted to be an educator. My first job out of college was with an insurance company. I had a business degree. It was the first company who offered me a job. And for four years, I was absolutely miserable doing it. When I left that job, I felt certain a week after I was gone, They had somebody else in my seat doing exactly what I was doing, and they never missed a beat. And I wanted to do something that mattered. I wanted for my time on this earth to have mattered. When I'm gone, there is still something happening that possibly started, at least in part, with me. And so teaching is what I fell into. And there are three stories about teaching that that I'm connected to that often share, I think, exemplify the power of teaching, both good and bad. The first story is about my dad. Uh, In 1940, my dad was 14 years old, was in ninth grade in high school. And he was sitting in class one day and uh, the teacher ridiculed him in front of the class. He stands up, He walks out of the classroom, he walks out of the school, and he never went back. The story wound up with a happy ending because he got his GED, he joined the army, went and fought in World War II, came back, uh, went to college on the GI Bill, became a teacher and a coach and a school administrator, and retired as my high school principal. It shows teaching has the power to create pain in people and to comfort people. It can inspire people and it can stomp on their ideas. As educators, it's important to recognize that power that we have and use it for good and not evil. The second story is about a a man named Wayne Trogdon. As I was going into seventh grade, I had, uh, we moved to a new town. And so I'm going to junior high as the new kid in town. Mr. Trogdon is both my homeroom teacher and he's the, my language arts teacher. And he's also the, the school's basketball coach. But I walked in the class that first day and I was this skinny little 75 pound kid with big thick glasses and a speech impediment. And was in a small town where everybody else had been in school together since first grade. And so it was a really tough start trying to to get connected with people, and and I was struggling. And at the time, I didn't realize it, but clearly in hindsight, Mr. Trogdon saw me struggling. 
And he asked me to be the manager of his basketball team. As I got involved in that, I got connected with the older kids, the cool kids that, that everybody looked up to, developed great relationships with them. And that spread out into relationship with my own classmates. Nearly 50 years later, I look back on junior high as my best K-12 years. And I owe that to Mr. Trogdon, a teacher who saw something that needed to be fixed, and he fixed it. The last story about a, a young man named Robert. Uh, Robert was one of my high school students. Robert had a pretty tough upbringing, struggled in school, struggled at home, uh, lived with his dad, uh, but basically was raising himself. Mom kind of in and out of the, the picture occasionally. But his junior year, he decided to go out for football and had never played football before, but was, was had, had some natural kind of talents, physical talents, and, and went out and made the team. And uh, several weeks in, into the year, his mom called him and said, I'm going to be coming to town and I'd love to spend the afternoon with you. And so he goes to his coach and he says, my, my mom's coming in town. I'm going to spend the afternoon with her. I might be a little bit late to practice. And the coach said, if you're going to be late to practice, just turn in your gear. Robert turned in his gear. And his mom never showed up. That <laughs> began a spiral. And Robert uh, dropped out of school about three weeks later. And every few days, I'd give Robert a call and, and say, no. Uh, it's not too late. You could get back in. We could catch you back up. You'd be ready to go. You, you could finish the year. And finally, he, he called me one Sunday afternoon. And he said, I want to come back. What do I need to do? Yeah. I said, just show up Monday morning. We'll, we'll go to the guidance counselor. We'll get your classes rescheduled. You'll be all set. So Robert comes on Monday morning, put him in the same classes he was in, same schedule, first period, he walks into his English class. The teacher turns around and looks at him and says, oh, great, Robert's back. That's going to help our test scores. And Robert turns around, walks out of the building, and never came back. Here again, we've got a little silver lining, though. Um, several years later, when you and I were principal colleagues, I was principal of an elementary school, and one Monday morning, a young man, one of our third graders, comes up to me, and he says, do you remember Robert? And he called his last name. I said, well, of course I do. How do you know Robert? He goes, he's my cousin. He came to visit us this weekend, and he saw your name on something in my backpack, and he said to tell you that he had graduated from high school, moved to North Carolina, had a job, and was doing great. Teaching matters. We have this power. We have this control. All of these things you know, highlight the power of relationships. Um, I, I think it's Theodore Roosevelt who said, uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. I started as a substitute teacher 34, 35 years ago and, and then became a high school teacher and then became a, a principal and then a school improvement coordinator with the Department of Ed and, and, and then and now you know, here at Radford as a professor. But in every one of those positions, first and foremost thing on my list is, is to establish those relationships with the folks I'm working with, whether they're my students, my colleagues. Everything builds from those relationships. Robert is the one who led me on the path to, get, to become a principal that, yes. that made me say, you know, here I am as a teacher in my classroom and I'm killing myself and all the work that I do gets undone 
in, in one statement from one teacher. My decision to then become a school administrator was so that I could expand the influence that I do have and impact a broader group of people, uh, more students uh, having greater impact on teachers in, in the building so that that, again, impacts our, our students. Thinking about working with individuals who, who are different is to recognize that despite all of our apparent differences, we are far more similar than we are different. Like our race, our, our gender, our cultural background, our ethnicity, where we grew up, how we grew up, uh, you know, at our core as human beings, uh, we, we are very, very similar. And, and I think when, when we're first developing those relationships with people who are different from us, we need to begin on those similarities. You know, th those things that are comfortable and easy that, that we can see that, that we do have good connections, that, that's the foundation for our relationship. And, and it's then after we have that foundation that we can start talking about our differences and, and, and seeking areas where we can grow from, from our work. The thread in terms for, for me is, is this relationship thread and we're building that. There, there's a video and you may remember this video because we've shown it to our, our, our master's students here, but the, the presenter in the video uh, was talking about the value of diversity. He talked about how when, when we see people who are different from us doing things that are unusual to us, that our, our immediate thought is to say, what are they thinking? But he suggested we use those same words, but with a different attitude behind it, uh, an attitude of curiosity. Change it to, what are they thinking? Th these different perspectives that people bring are, are so critical. I, I, I think back to, um, I, I was sharing this with someone getting ready to go out for student teaching not long ago, that when I went out for student teaching, uh, 34 years ago, 35 years ago, I knew everything there was to know about teaching. I, I was <laughs> yes. an expert. And at 60, I know nothing. I, I, no, there is no black and white anymore. Everything is a shade of gray. Um, I, I realized that every time you look at something from a little different perspective, you see, can see something totally different. Mm -hmm. And our work with people different from us gives us those new perspectives that, 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 that allow us to grow, begin to see the true thing, to see what is really yes. there. But it's only through those other perspectives that we ever have a chance to see what's truly there. The final idea in terms of how do I broaden my impact? There again, one of the most fulfilling things about being a teacher is that by its, uh, by its very nature, you are a, a change maker and your impact is expanding through your students. And just as you mentioned a, a moment ago, thinking about the, the uh, teachers in our master's programs who aspire to be school principals and the, the principals in our doctoral program who aspire to be superintendents. Mm -hmm. you know, as we work with them, the, the things that we are able to accomplish with them and through them uh, then gets extended to their, their classrooms, their schools, their school districts and their communities. One of the jobs that, that, that I have had in education was um, a school improvement specialist mm -hmm. with the Department, State Department of Education. And, mm -hmm. and during that job, I was working in, in school divisions all over Southwest Virginia and was interacting with educators all across the state. And one of the things that I learned very quickly is that the expertise that is needed to create change in a school exist in every school. 
What we don't have typically in schools is the opportunity for people to come together and share those ideas and share that expertise with each other so that we can all learn how to do things better. And, and as a result, we're able to actually create sustainable change. Uh, it's not one teacher in their classroom doing great things while teachers on either side are floundering because they, they lack something. And so when I went to work in those schools, I learned very quickly one of the most important things to do was to acknowledge that expertise. You know, coming in as the outsider with no real credibility because I didn't have that relationship built with them, uh, that, that relationship building began with acknowledging their expertise and, and that I, I wasn't here to, to, to teach them all the great things they needed to do, but rather I was coming in as a facilitator uh, to, to help them uh, to, to share their expertise with each other. And occasionally I might have something to add to the conversation content-wise, right. but, but it was more about creating processes for, for, for them to learn from each other. And, and that's been a model that, that I think ha, ha, has been very successful, uh, that uh, where, where value has been created. I look now at, at um, the far southwest region of our state, mm -hmm. uh, it is the poorest region in the state, highest poverty level, lowest teacher pay. They're, they're losing um, enrollments in their schools, which means their funding is going down. Uh, huge challenges that, that, that they're facing. Yeah. And several years ago, as opposed to working on all those problems individually as school divisions, they all came together mm -hmm. and said, how can we pool our knowledge our, our skill, our experiences, and be better as a region. I know state assessments aren't the, the end-all and be-all of, of, of the measurement of a good school, but it is one measurement, right. and it is a measurement by which we judge schools today. Mm -hmm. And that region of the state went from being the poorest performing region in the state to being the highest performing region wow. in the state. It was because of the pooling of that knowledge and that expertise, not going to outside experts, not looking for the outside program, creating structures in which they could engage with each other and learn from each other and grow with each other. Yeah. And they've just been in incredibly successful as a result. The last thing that, that I'll share, uh, you know, I have recently started teaching this, this doctoral class, yes. and it is an amazing group of school leaders um, who, who want to continue to learn and to grow, and, and they know that they have to be the ones to create very new and different schools. We, we acknowledge that, that our schools today aren't even appropriately preparing our students of today for today, much less are we preparing them for, for the next decade or 20 years from now? And, and they recognize that they've got to be the ones to do that. I was a little intimidated at, at the thought of teaching this group because they, they, are, they are so smart and they have such great experience and they have done so many things. I, I was really uh, feeling some anxiety as I was preparing to teach this first class with them. Uh, they're, they're all smarter than I am. Um, so what I went back to is that it's not so much about content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's about facilitating experiences where they are able to learn. Uh, yes. it, it's about demonstrating to them, I care about them and I want to yes. help them learn. Uh, yes. and, and it's to the extent possible, empowering them with some tools where, where they can be the change makers.
in, yeah. in their school divisions. In, in short, I just simply needed to be their teacher. 